Um, I didn't know what Dave was going to talk about this morning, um, and I've been talking with John a couple of weeks ago about something that, that God's been talking particularly to me about. And um, as Dave's been talking, I think this is another tool. This is a, another part of God's toolkit for us. I was, um, I'd caught up with a, a friend probably about a month ago, and um, I don't know if you know, but there's this craze amongst the women in the church at the moment for running, okay? You may, you may not have come across this yet, but some seem to really have got the running bug. And uh, I met up with somebody for lunch about a month ago, and they said, so-and-so and I have agreed that we are going to go running at Fairlock Waters. We're going to make it a regular thing. I'm not exposing them. I'm not even looking at them. Um, and I thought, oh, that's, that's really good. Then I saw them about two weeks later and said, um, so have you run yet? No, we've agreed we're going to do it. <laughs> but personally, I prefer the planning stage. <laughs> and um, what, what God's been talking to me about is the power of agreement. And I was thinking about what this particular person had said and thinking, is that really agreement? I don't think it is, because agreement isn't just what happens up here. Yes, I agree, I'm going to go running, it's going to be good, I've got the kit, and I'm planning. That's not agreement. Agreement would actually be getting out there and doing the thing that you've agreed to do. Um, and uh, I, I was looking at the, the little phrase in Amos 3.3 where it says, can two walk together unless they're agreed? And uh, I know we've talked quite a lot about that over the years and really looked at it from the point of view of agreeing together as a body about the way we're going. But actually, as I was looking at it, I realized it wasn't about people agreeing together. Amos was rebuking the children of Israel because they had started to walk in a way that was contrary to their agreement with God. And I think there is something for us at this time about the power of agreement with what God has said. Um, I was thinking about kind of the leaders weekend and uh, the stuff that had happened there. And John and I were just chatting and, and talking particularly about some of the people who God had really released from stuff, but seemed to kind of slip back into the old ways or the same kind of struggles. And this is stuff I've read in a book or seen out there. I haven't lived any of this at all. So, I, I'm, you know, I'm good on the theory. No, I've been walking this myself, particularly over the last year. And uh, I just want to read two stories very quickly. I don't want to take long. Um, about Jesus. So, Luke 4 very familiar story, uh, 
verses 18 through to 22, where he goes to the synagogue. He's just been baptized, come back from the wilderness, goes to the synagogue. They give him the book of Isaiah, and he reads this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And then I was particularly looking at the next verse. Because Jesus has just said, essentially, I am the promise that you've been looking for. God has today fulfilled what Israel's been looking for. And this was in his hometown. And their first reaction was they bore witness to him. And I was kind of thinking, well, what the heck does bore witness to mean? And as I was looking at it and mulling it over, I realized that actually God revealed something to these people. And very often God reveals things to us that he wants to set us free from, or wants to really push us into. And there's something in us that goes, yes, I see it. Gosh, this is true. This is real. And I think that's what happened to them at that point. They knew that the revealed word of God was true. There was something in their spirits that went, wow, yes, he really is the Messiah. This is true. And I was thinking about kind of some of the things that I've been through over the years where God's shown me something that he really wants to set me free from. And there's that initial, yes, God, I've seen it, I understand. And then there was a second response from them where they marveled and were amazed at the gracious words which proceeded from out of his mouth. Now we know that when God speaks, there is a grace that comes with it. And that grace is designed for us to be able to live in the good of what God's talked about. And they, at that moment, had access to God's grace to grab his word and to run with it. I don't think it was an accident that Jesus declared this to his home church. I think he was giving them the first bite of the cherry to say, come, here's an opportunity. Let's run with this together. But something happened, and this is the thing that, for me, sometimes happens. Because the next response was, 
Ah, now this is Joseph's son. This is, he's a carpenter. Uh, no, this cannot be true. And um, I think very often when God shows us something and releases something in us, and he has been uprooting and removing things, there is a little voice that comes in and says, Ah, but. Ah, but. Ah, did God say? Is he really who he claims to be? And there are voices that we hear. Um, certainly over the last year, I have experienced a plethora of different voices telling me all kinds of things, some of which I've believed and followed a wrong path and then had to repent and sort out with God. But particularly at the leaders' weekend in January, there was kind of this one last little thought that was lingering. And it was the thought that I can't start here again. I can't start afresh. I can't begin again. And that wasn't God's voice. God's done some amazing things in me over the last year um, and really shown me lots of things about his love and about the body and about how actually he wants me to live and sorted out huge things for me. But there was this one little voice, uh, you can't really start afresh, you can't begin again. And I didn't even think it was a voice from out there. It was kind of a feeling, yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, I know God showed me all this stuff, but I'm going to have to do it somewhere else. I'm going to have to be what God wants me to be somewhere else. But on the Saturday night at the Leaders' Weekend, um, we were encouraged to write down our no-go areas. And I wrote it down because I knew as soon as somebody said no-go, oh, yeah. And I awoke the next morning feeling absolutely free of all the voices because I'd come into agreement with God. And there is a power that comes when we are not passive with what God's doing, when we actually decide I'm shifting from listening to the what-ifs that has God's really said. And actually, who are you anyway? Who are you? To say, no, God, I'm not going to listen to that voice. I agree that your word is truth. And very often the things we hear are true. I can't deny it. He was a carpenter's son. He was Joseph's son. That was true. And the enemy will often come and bring a seed of what is true, but it's not the truth. And I think there's a, a tool that God wants to give to us at this time. To not look at what seems true, but to come back to the truth of what God has said. And I think there are things that God's spoken over individuals here in recent times. 
There are things that God's spoken over us as a community that are the truth. But we can get caught up with what seems true. So I guess my thing that I want to leave with you this morning is, are you listening to what's true but really is a lie? And do you need to come into agreement with what God said? Because that is the safest place to be.